Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, it is, as we speak, conference championship weekend, or getting to conference championship weekend in the NFL, and then towards another Super Bowl, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are at home. (laughs) The Pittsburgh Steelers, not a part of any of that this year, as they do miss the postseason, but rebuilding to potentially another generation of Steelers football after one year in with Kenny Pickett. I'm Mike Ostie, and this is another episode of Mike Drop here on the Believe Network. You can find this podcast as well as everything else we put out with Believe at the Believe Network. Also, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. You can just search Mike Drop there in your app, my name, as well as all of the Believe Network properties. And as you notice here, for anybody watching this show, as you can watch and listen. I am going to be joined by a man who picked up 295 tackles in his NFL career. He played in a few Super Bowls. He won two rings, including one under Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. He's currently a football analyst with CBS Sports and also co-host of All Things Covered. So he's doing everything you could imagine right now in the world of sports, and he's made a career to say the least of it. He got some jerseys behind him. Brian McFadden. Talked to him before, happy to have him back on. So, man, how have you been? Thanks for, for joining me again. No question, Mike. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, as I said, the Steelers missed the postseason. They ended up, though, turning a season around. Mike Tomlin kind of did what he always does and makes the most out of it. Has his team playing the best at the end of the season. They turn it around from a couple wins in the first quarter or so of the season to finishing out just shy of the postseason there and fighting for that winning season for Mike Tomlin to continue his streak there of never having a losing season. So before we get into Pickett, Pickens, et cetera, and how these individuals performed and where this team should go in the future, certainly going towards an important NFL draft, how would you evaluate the 2022 Steelers season? Because obviously, as you know, Steelers fans, if you don't make the playoffs, they're going to be upset. It's been a few seasons now of disappointment in that regard. It's been a while since they've won a playoff game, but it's a rookie quarterback. This is now a new era of Steelers football with Ben having retired. It was bumpy early. It was mostly played by a rookie. The roster had some injuries. TJ Watt missed some games. They fought. They were right in there, but at the end of the day, I guess they didn't get the job done, but they are rebuilding. So how how would you evaluate this season realistically? My evaluation of the Pittsburgh Steelers 2022 season would be C plus. Okay. I'll give them a C plus. And the reason why I say it was a C plus on the cusp of being a B minus is because number one, the expectations are always extremely high right. when it comes to Steelers football. You know, the fans expect outstanding competitive play week in and week out. And that is the standard. That has been the standard based on the tradition and how well we've won ball games in a consistent rate. Right. But I don't consider last year to be a disappointment because they were there at the end, as you mentioned. 
But when you look at some of the trials and tribulations that occurred during the season, number one, your star running back came into the year not hundred, not one hundred percent healthy. Yeah, clearly that hampered the production of the entire offense. Number two, the individual you brought in to be the starting quarterback was going through some adversity on the field adversity that actually warranted a quarterback change yeah. with a rookie quarterback. So when you talk about having a quarterback change, that's the most important position on the football field. Clearly you're only making a quarterback change because the first guy's not doing what you thought he would do. Sure. Yeah. So now you're handing the keys to a young guy who hasn't really driven in that type of atmosphere. So you yeah. knew we all knew he would go through growing pains as a rookie quarterback. But you still were there. We were right there. We needed help. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You still needed yeah. help. So right. to finish the season above 500 with some of the things that I just mentioned and still almost having an opportunity to get to the playoffs, you know, that's what warrants a C-plus for me. You know, some people might be like, hey, it's a D, it's an F. No, I mean, you look at how many teams go through a quarterback change, not because a guy was injured, but because a guy wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. within the organization based on the powers that be who makes those calls you give it to someone else who's a first-year guy and you get to where you want to go most teams would struggle you know you're not going to have a situation that we had in 2004 when Tommy Maddox went down then a rookie quarterback came in in Big Ben and you finished what what, you won 14 straight games or something like that. Yeah, finish with That's one loss, out. losing the conference title game. The next yeah. year you win the Super Bowl. But as you mentioned, and you experienced that firsthand, and we'll get to maybe a quarterback who's kind of doing that, that I know that you've touched on in, in Brock Purdy with the Niners, it takes a team. This mm -hmm. team wasn't as ready as your Steeler team then was. And once Ben was feeling himself and was not making mistakes, you guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, were able to kind of make up for it. This team had te their best defensive player missed a lot of games this year. So mm -hmm. that, that like, imagine if Troy Polamalu, yourself, Ryan Clark, et cetera, all missed a chunk of the season, you might not have went as far as you did. So that's big. This team dealt with a lot of injuries. They were young in a lot of spots. Cam Hayward is still getting it done, but he's also getting older. How long can you rely on that? And you did mention Najee Harris wasn't healthy at the beginning of the season. I think the only good thing for him, I'll just say that I know myself and others in media, he was getting a lot of heat because you take a running back in the first round, especially when your offensive line isn't getting it done. And some thought you should have went there and he was getting a lot of criticism, but maybe he's kind of proven that he was hurt because he said, Hey, I'm not healthy. <laughs> the offensive line finally got better. And then he really was kind of an unsung hero and started turning it on. I don't know if he's got enough credit for that at the end of the year, but yeah, they hung in there. Just like the last year of Ben, they were in it the last day of the season. They needed some help. They got the help with Ben, got another playoff appearance, didn't get the help this year. Now, going from just the team itself here and talking with Brian McFadden, former two-time Super Bowl champion, 295 tackles in his career, currently co-host of All Things Covered and a Super Bowl champion football analyst with CBS Sports. Another Super Bowl champion is your head coach, Mike Tomlin. It's been a while since then, but you got to kind of take in context of the season, as you mentioned, a rookie quarterback, all the injuries, everything he dealt with this year, turning it around a nine and eight, a winning record and just missing the postseason. I thought maybe he would actually vie for coach of the year, not win the award, but be a finalist. He didn't make the cut as a finalist. Obviously, a lot of coaches had great years this year, some that did get in the playoffs. Doug Peterson with the Jaguars. No one expected that. 
go into what the Lions did. They didn't get in, but they were right there, and you had to change a culture there. Same thing with going on in Philadelphia. They do get in. They're still playing. A lot of coaches won a lot of games and, and had success. So I don't think Tomlin was going to win the award, but any shock to you that he didn't even become a finalist? Do you think he should have been a finalist? How do you evaluate this period of even Tomlin's career? Because early on with you, he won big with a star-studded roster. Some then could argue with a lot of talent, Hall of Famers, maybe underachieved, didn't win as many playoff games as some would expect. And then recently, the last handful of years, he's getting them right there with maybe a depleted roster or a rookie quarterback, but yet now not getting the individual acclaim that maybe that should garner. Uh, I mean, Mike Tomlin's coaching standard is pretty high. It's higher than some of the guys that right. that that's in that conversation when it comes to coach of the year. And I think that is something that, you know, a lot of voters or people who's in positions to, to, to determine who's up for that award may look at. But then also, too, collectively speaking, Mike, there were quite a few co there, there were a nice amount of coaches that really exceeded the expectations. A lot of Ryan Dable with the Giants, right. right? And think about all the injuries that team was dealt dealing with. I yep. mean, they finished the season with wide receivers that probably were practice squad players. Right. Think about all the injuries on the defensive side, losing their best. Uh, uh, safety and Xavier McKinney for at least five, six ball games. Leonard Williams missing time. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau came into the season injured because of the what happened during the preseason. Uh, yep. Getting the most out of your quarterback. So that was a phenomenal job by Brian Dayball. You talked about Doug Peterson, first year coach for the second year quarterback, not only winning the division, but, you know, making things dicey in the playoffs. You know what Yeah, I mean? won so, a playoff game. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that that's a big plus. And then you talk about Kyle Shanahan. How many sure. teams can win their division, make a deep postseason run with their third string quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Like like Pete really, Carroll, even really Pete Carroll, underrated. Yeah. You know, getting to the playoffs. And so there are a with lot Gino, of teams that really right? exceed the expectations. Yeah, Dan with Campbell. Right. So I think there are a lot of other coaches that have really yeah, that's five right there. <laughs> yeah, that's five alone that <laughs> yeah. don't have the resume that Mike Tomlin has. And right. also, too, surprised all of us based on how well their team played that that's deserving of being in that conversation. Yeah, and that is fair because when you really think about it, yeah, they're going to put five. They don't want to have ten. They're not, it's not going to get crazy here. Usually five. It is five. And we basically just name five that are deserving. And it's hard to even pick from any of them on who actually should win the award because, as you mentioned, expectations with these teams, everything they dealt with, Again, Dan Campbell had to change a culture. That's not easy to do. And, mm -hmm. and they're definitely going to be picked by many next year to probably get in the playoffs. They're right there. So you just don't know. Again, Brian McFadden here joining me on Mic Drop here on the Believe Network. Now, outside of Tomlin, going to the players in particular, the guy that is always going to be labeled as this started his career. And that's 2022. It started the Kenny Pickett era for whatever it will become. He was the only first-round quarterback taken in the draft. He was the Heisman candidate. He was the guy that everyone said was NFL-ready. He was the guy that Mike Tomlin said they were always in love with. And I do believe, from what I've heard and you know, kind of my theory out there, you mentioned Mitch Trubisky not getting it done and then Pickett having to, to get in there this season, maybe earlier than they would have expected, that they got Mitch 
not even thinking Pickett would be available at that point. They wanted some security, but once Pickett was there, they couldn't resist. They were in love and they couldn't resist. It was bumpy early on, though. As you would expect for a rookie quarterback, generally speaking, mm-hmm. not, ev- not everybody's Big Ben. Not everybody's even Brock Purdy, <laughs> who we'll get to as well, uh, despite being Mr. Irrelevant. So you got to take that, okay? A lot of mistakes is going to happen to rookie quarterback, but then he also led them on a lot of comeback drives to win a lot of games, excited a lot of fans. He feels like he has that vibe in him, but the stats weren't really that good. How would you evaluate Kenny Pickett's play, and where is your confidence level that he is the guy? That that he might not, you know, regardless of whether we're talking Hall of Fame or not, he is the guy that's going to lead this next era of Steelers football. It will be successful, and he can be your franchise quarterback. My evaluation of Kenny Pickett was I saw development. I saw improvement. I think if you look at where he was as a quarterback once he got into the lineup compared to how he finished, we saw improvement. We saw a guy improving. He wasn't stagnant in his production. He wasn't stagnant in his consistency. And I think that's something to build upon. You look at the fourth quarter drive against the Raiders, right? He turned it on when he needed to turn it on. You know, you look at what he was able to do. Uh, after the Raider game, it was another game he had, the Baltimore Raven game. Yep. Right? The Baltimore Raven game. Um, The moment didn't seem too big for, for him when he needed to deliver. That's what you want to see from your young quarterback. You want to see a guy who actually took strides in the right direction, and he wasn't the same player as he was the first time he jumped to the lineup compared to the last week of the season. So is he the guy moving forward? Yes, I do believe so. But I'll say this. I will say this over and over again if you want to see or get the most out of your young quarterback continue to add talent around him you know what i mean look at some of the young quarterbacks that we're seeing right before our eyes take steps in the right direction jalen hurts is a better jalen hurts when he has the luxury of throwing to guys like aj brown yep he wasn't there before right that dallas goddard hey josh allen became a better quarterback when stefan diggs came into town you look at brock purdy and some of the things he's been able to do and look at everything that's surrounded him talent talent you yeah. know what i mean so you talk yeah, about christian mccaffrey there this year he wasn't there last year yeah, yeah. so so kenny pickett is the guy but if you want to get the most out of kenny pickett continue to add talent around him you know joe burrow is a cool quarterback he's a he's he's a beast yeah. but he has talent surrounded him <laughs> oh sure yeah yeah he does yeah <laughs> you know what i mean they're not there you won't see a lot of young quarterbacks do it just by themselves a lot of young not, quarterbacks not, can't go out and yeah. win an MVP like it, Lamar yeah. did, not having a noteworthy wide receiver to throw the football to. And right. I'm not saying we don't have talent in Pittsburgh. I'm saying continue to add. Yeah, continue yeah. And, to and, add and, pieces and, to the puzzle. And that potentially is the plan, this upcoming NFL draft. We will get to that in a moment as well. Again, talking with Brian McFadden here on Mic Drop. You mentioned talent around Kenny Pickett. So George Pickens has now appeared to be talent around Kenny Pickett, a fellow rookie. He actually was taken in the third round last year, and some thought he dropped despite his talent because of maybe character issues. There were some rumblings of that earlier in the season with him yelling for the ball and them not throwing it his way and different things in the locker room. But then all of a sudden, that kind of calmed, and he just exploded. And we got to see his talent. They got him the ball, and he was productive. I actually thought maybe both of them could have got opportunities at being candidates at least for NFL offensive rookie of the year neither one are but regardless stepped up as part of that talent Najee Harris now another year into the league he's now healthier how long are you going to have a running back though Friermuth is there Deontay Johnson little down from the year before there's some talent there needs to be more 
but in particular to George Pickens, how how would you say he played his rookie year? Because that was also a roller coaster ride. And then you're mentioning getting talent around Pickett. Does that hint that you you think they should go receiver in the draft with that first round pick? Because that's a major debate now. Some looking at maybe even Jordan Addison, his former teammate at Pitt, Johnson, the great receiver at TCU, who could be coming out where those receivers would go and if they would fall to them. But they also need a lot of other help, secondary, defensive line, et cetera, offensive line, again, that they didn't go a couple years ago. But maybe they just need that talent. I mean, it, it all depends on what happens in the draft and what players are on the board, what right. players are off the board. And also, too, let's wait and see exactly some of the notable names that are could be tied to the Pittsburgh Steelers, how they do throughout this pre-draft process. You know yeah. what I mean? There, there will be guys that will earn money, there will be guys that might lose some money based on what they do throughout the combine, throughout their pro workouts and things like that. So I think that could definitely help determine which direction you should go. But, you know, Pittsburgh has always been a team that has, you know, been known to draft the best available player. And it all depends on who's available. To answer you, the first question about George Pickens, oh, he's he's what type of year he had? He had a great year. When yeah. you talk about the flux at the quarterback position, you know, dealing with a quarterback change midseason, and then trying to establish relationships as a wide receiver with whoever the quarterback is, you know, that takes time. But he showed that he can be a number one. He can be a number one. So his his future is bright. I know people were kind of com- concerned about his antics. I think it was against Atlanta when he was saying, I want the ball. That's what I mentioned, yeah, er- early in the season. But, yeah, you want a guy that wants the ball. Right? Yeah, and then when he gets the opportunities, when the pat- when the balls, the football come his way, he cashes in on those opportunities. Like, right. he, he, he's, a, he's a talented player. And I said this when I was in Latrobe during training camp, you know, watching the Steelers practice. I said right there he was the talent, most talented quarterback, I mean receiver, just yeah. on God-given receiver talent. You can tell he had it. It was something different about him. And I just can't wait to, to see what he does for his on-court performance, especially with more stability at the quarterback position. Yeah, and that chemistry with Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett going into the year knowing that he is the guy so he can work on it all throughout the offseason. They know he's the guy. That definitely should be a, a major help too. 52 receptions, 801 yards, four touchdowns for George Pickens. A slow start to the year, but those are definitely solid numbers for sure for a rookie receiver. But... You called him a one. Funny enough for the Steelers, they paid a guy to be a one in the offseason prior to 2022. So Deontay Johnson kind of was pegged to be the Steelers one. He emerged as the one with Juju leaving town, and now he's on the Chiefs. And it's now Deontay's show. But Deontay had a rough year. Deontay Johnson definitely have a rough year, especially with how George Pickens played. Is Pickens the one to you? Do you think maybe they should actually move Deontay Johnson to get some talent in some other ways? Because those have been some no, rumors. There's even, no, okay. Th- no, there's no, there's even no, some no, to think maybe no. that he's a little disappointed no. with how things went down this past year. How does he fit into this equation now I, if you have a guy that you think is the one and you just paid DJ to be the one? I think Deontay is a one, but I think George Pickens has an opportunity to be a one as well. Let's look at Philadelphia for an example. They got a 1A, 1B. They drafted Devontae Smith to be the one, played pretty good football his rookie campaign, but then you brought in a more experienced guy, and he involved to be what you thought he would be in A.J. Brown as a one. So yeah. I'm okay in seeing 1A, 1Bs. That's, 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 I don't get 
you know, me personally, Grant, I'm not playing the game. I know some guys look at, no, I should be the one. I, I, you can you can coexist and share in the title almost. Sure, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, like, look yeah, at sure. Cincinnati. We know Jamar Chase is a, is a one, but T. Higgins is a one also. If T. Higgins yeah. played on, on a lot of other teams, he would be a one. Yeah, and Tyler Boyd's better than a three. Like, exactly. on every other team so, in the league, he's at least a two. The more talent right. you have, the better it is for your quarterback. So I'm not moving Deontay Johnson because I don't know what I'm going to get in return if okay. you're talking about a pick. Will that pick be the guy that Deontay has shown he can be? I they understand, just, you know, people complain about some of the Chase drops. And, right. Yeah, exactly. You already gave up uh, Claypool. But yeah. Deontay, man, say whatever you want to say. He is a reliable, productive player. The one knock could be he dropped passes here or there. Okay, cool. Yeah. But that's something that I believe he he's aware of, and he will continue to get better. So right, right now, I would still say Deontay is the one, but you got an immersion one as well in George Pickens, and they both can coexist. And Maybe you have confidence. Earlier, you have confidence in Deontay Johnson getting back to where he was two years ago next year, like 2022. No you question. think it's kind of a, of a blip? He's still very, very young, obviously. Yes, I'm not. No, see, Deontay coming out of college was a a a, a god given route runner. He can run routes, you know what yeah. I mean? It's just about establishing relationships with quarterbacks. You got to understand something. In training camp, Kenny Pickett wasn't working with the ones, right? Kenny Pickett was working with George Pickens and other guys. So clearly there was a, a sense of a relationship already there because those guys were working together. Deontay is an individual, in my opinion. Yes, I, I like his games, and I understand people get you know, a little antsy with some of the, the, the drops and things like that. But no, I wouldn't move on. From George Pickens, I mean from Deontay. I just said earlier, bring talent, keep talent around your young quarterback. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Deontay Johnson, and th this is why it's a conversation. 107 catches in 2021, 1161 yards, eight touchdowns. 2022, after he got paid and George Pickens got there and emerged as a great rookie, 86 catches, 882 yards, never got in the end zone all year. So I'm sure that, that it stings for him, but it was just a down year comparison the year before and, and didn't give you one numbers, but maybe George Pickens will emerge. Maybe even if George Pickens emerges, they're different style receivers. You mentioned Deontay's a route runner. He's always been somebody that can get separation, which is why I always thought he was the guy, even when Juju was there and he was becoming that guy because he could really get separation and, George Pickens is just a guy that can go up and get it over double coverage. You got to just be that beast athletically and take the top off the defense. So they're different in a way, and you, you definitely can have them both. So yeah, the Bengals are, are giving you the script. They got basically three receivers that could vie for a Pro Bowl every season. Mm -hmm. it, it can happen and it can work. And Pickett can, pick can build to that as yep. well. Brian McFadden, Mike Oski here on Mic Drop on the Believe Network. Now, Obviously, you made your name as a defensive player. You won the rings. <laughs> you were a defensive player. You were a second-round draft pick of the Steelers out of Florida State. And the Steelers' defense always gets the attention because of what you guys did, because of what happened before you, because of the history of the franchise. Those championship years all the way from the 70s to when you guys won, yeah, there were some Hall of Famers on offense and some big plays on offense, but predicated on success on the defensive side. The defense has certainly waned the last few years. T.J. Watt getting hurt a lot this past season. Some now question how often you can see a full season from him, despite obviously he's a great player. The defense is getting older at some spots. They need a lot of help in terms of filling in the gaps at other spots. Minka had another great year after not so much the year before. But 
where do you think this defense is in terms of getting to where it needs to be to be a championship caliber defense? Because as much as this league is going to be won by great QB play, great offenses, offensive minds, they won the recent titles. You got to bring more defensively than the Steelers have been bringing. And in addition to Pickett and his maturation process, this Cam Hayward, the leader, will tell you this defense got to get better, but can it? And does that maybe make it an emphasis this year in the draft as well? Well, I'll say this. It's hard for you as a defense to reach the level of expectations when you're missing your best guy. TJ Watt makes our entire defense better. And it's, you know, it's hard to explain it, but our defense is so TJ dependent because he's that type guy. You, if you go back to look at week one against Cincinnati, a team that's currently playing in the AFC championship game, he was the catalyst for a dominating performance. Yeah. He had an unbelievable game himself and everybody else just followed his footsteps. But when you lose a guy like TJ, you're going to have a significant drop off. It's no different than the Rams losing Aaron Donald. They're not the same defense. It's no different than the Buffalo Bills losing Von Miller. Hey, if they had Von Miller last yeah. week, we saw who that, knows right? <laughs> how the outcome would have been in regards right. to better defensive play from the Bills. Yeah. So when you lose a guy who's one of one, it's going to be a significant blow. But you still need to add talent. But I feel like if TJ was healthy the entire season, we would have seen better defensive play. Even with TJ coming out there with one pack, right. you still saw a difference. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, if he could have swung one game, they crawl in the playoffs. I mean, they yeah, again, so, they were that close. Yeah, so I, I think because he's so good, you instantly feel when he's not in the ball game. And there are a few players in the National Football League where you instantly feel when they're not in the ball game as a yeah. defender. Von Miller, you know, guys like I just said, Aaron Donald, T.J. Watt, you know, let's say Miles Garrett missed time for Cleveland. You're going to feel it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and and maybe, though, that gives some fans pause on the hope for the future of this defense because it is so built around T.J. Watt. No matter what you do in the draft, they're going to be rookies, and you are getting older at different spots. Again, Cam Hayward, Minka, et cetera. But it does appear that with the exception of two years ago, granted, he still missed a few games or else he would have broke the, the single season sack record. It's the only reason yep. why I tied it. He missed a few games, played less games than Strahan, even though they've added a game now to, to the schedule. But is there a concern that it happened to his brother? He missed a lot of games, eventually retiring earlier than some would have thought, obviously a Hall of Famer and a legend, but missed a lot of games, a lot of tread on the tires, that this is just going to be the story of TJ. The way he plays, the way the Watt brothers play, they're going to miss a few games each season. So maybe they need to do something different in terms of adding maybe to the secondary, which seemingly has been a spot. The Steelers have kind of struggled to build depth in the last several years. Uh, they have to do something else because TJ is just not going to give you every game. I, I believe TJ can, can be reliable in regards to health. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. But I'll say this. Pressure is the ultimate you know, neutralizer in regards to offensive play. If you can get guys that can put pressure on quarterbacks, you have a better secondary. Like, that's the foundation in regards to being successful. Put in, look at the Eagles. They had 70-plus sacks. They got three guys who got double-digit sacks. Yeah. 
And we're talking about three guys who got double digit sacks that that are not named Fletcher Cox. Like, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to have great defensive like numbers, right. go get you guys that can put heat on the quarterback. Look at San Francisco led by Bosa. You still got Armstead. You know what I mean? So if you talk about adding pieces of defense, me for, me personally, start with guys that can go get the money players. Joe Burrow yeah. is, is, is real good. He's a great quarterback, but he's not as good when he's running for his life. Yeah, he's not going away anytime soon either. <laughs> no, so that's, that's the thing in regards yeah. to adding pieces via the draft of free agency. You got to add people that can help you win against Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow. So, so that, I, I understand, <laughs> you know, we have to wait and see how the draft works out. But right. also, too, for us, we got to capitalize and start taking advantage of having our quarterback on a rookie deal. So right, because that we got we got to start spending money and spending it wisely while he's on a rookie deal. While Najee's still on his rookie deal, mm -hmm. you know, Pickens is still on his rookie deal. That's Pat. that's exactly the benefit of the Bengals right now. Yeah, that's exactly so what the us, Bengals are dealing with. They're have they have Burrow and Chase both on yeah. rookie deals. That's exactly what the Bills GM actually brought up in terms of that matchup with the Bills and the difference there and keeping the team together. And he got criticism for it, but it's actually true. Yeah. He had to pay big money to his guys. It's why it's hard to put more pieces around. And the Bengals got a bunch of rookie deals, so they can stack the squad. This yeah. is the window. Yeah. That's what Seattle did with Russell Wilson early on. All those guys were on rookie deals. They won big. Once they started to pay them, guys would leave, and the team wasn't as good. It just happens. And also, too, going back to what you know, uh, Brandon said, the GM from the Bills. Yeah. yeah. Listen, you still had opportunity to win the ball game. The reason well, why that, they lost that true. ball game yeah. is because they were soft in the trenches. You know, that, that yeah. goes back to my point. When you talk about player teams that are still currently in the playoffs, they can dominate on either side in the trenches. And the thing is about this yeah. ball game, Cincinnati offensive line-wise, you don't consider them to be a dominant group, but they no. played against a defensive front that has been soft at the point of attack. Freaking the week before, Miami had success against the Bills in the yeah. trenches. Yeah, yeah. And what happened also, catch 22, Cincinnati's defensive front dominated the Bills in the trenches. When you can win that game within the game, I mean, you're going to go deep. That's, that's why I feel like for us, Pittsburgh-wise, let's start getting better in the trenches. We can get better in the trenches on both sides of football. He is a real good quarterback, but he's better when he has the luxury of having Trent Williams. McGlinchey was a former first-rounder. Look at, look, at, look at the studs in front of him. Yeah. I mean, you know every I mean? quarterback throughout history, I don't care whether it's Brady or whether we're talking Kenny Pickett, every quarterback throughout history is better with an offensive line that can help and can protect and be there as that security. It's going to be harder yeah. on anybody with an offensive line that is so bad. It's not common to have an offensive line give up so many sacks and lead the league in sacks allowed and still go to the Super Bowl, which is what happened with the Bengals last year getting yeah. a little better now, but that's not common because you do hear a lot of the time, with, oh, the Steelers don't need to worry about O-line or even D-line. Look at what the Bengals are doing. Eh, I mean, that's a bit of an aberration. Yeah, it, Joe Burrow's a special a special kid, but it, it definitely could be easier for sure. And again, that can help Najee, who's already got beat up a lot. They definitely need offensive line help, to say the very least. Brian McFadden joined me here on Mike Drop on the Believe Network. Now, I do want to ask you a question about a player that is still playing because we're talking about these franchises that are have done so well in comparison to what the Steelers need to do. They're still having a chance to play in a Super Bowl right now. We're speaking. They're in conference championship weekend. And one of them is Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. We talked a lot about Kenny Pickett earlier. 
And Brock Purdy's coming out of nowhere, obviously. This this is exactly kind of like what Tom Brady was 20-plus years ago. A late-round pick. No one heard of him. At the time, he started one year in college. He wasn't a major flashy player. He Brock Purdy at Iowa State as well. And all of a sudden, the team's really, really good. He's taking care of the football. He's playing well on that Patriots team, build a dynasty. We'll see what happens with the Niners. But does Brock, Brock Purdy's success at all add pressure? And also maybe even add criticism to the Steelers and all these other franchises that passed on him and then even put pressure on Kenny Pickett because they could have actually have drafted Pickett and still got Purdy. No one expected this, but man, what if Mr. Irrelevant builds the the best career out of all these quarterbacks from Pickett's draft where he was only the first where he was the only first rounder? No pressure should be added, no criticism thing? should be added. The reason why okay. I say that is because correct me if I'm wrong. Last year in this very same spot, wasn't San Francisco playing in the NFC Championship game? <laughs> yeah, San Fran's been doing this with Jimmy G, and then they brought Trey, Trey Lance in again as a first-rounder. Yeah. Yeah, this is what, so so right. they made it to the NFC Championship game last year. Yeah, they were in the Super like, Bowl a few years ago, right, with Jimmy made, G. We don't even want to talk about that. But two years ago, before last year, they made it to the Super Bowl. From, I think it was two years ago, right? right? But last year... They were in the NFC Championship game. It should have won that game. Remember, it was a uh, it was a Jaworski, Jaworski Tarts, I think, drop interception. Yeah, yeah, Rams won. Yeah, that led to an extra opportunity for the Rams to put points on the scoreboard. But he should have. That was a basically a punt that he dropped, right? Yeah. So yeah. San Francisco was it's a, 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 a good team last year, and you add one of the more dynamic offensive weapons to your team in Christian McCaffrey, and you dealt with quarterback injuries. But now you go into a situation offensively, it's a quarterback-friendly offense with so yeah. many stars around you. Yeah, it's a different situation. I mean, okay. they've been building yeah. building that machine for quite some time. Within, via the draft or via free agency, you got a Hall of Fame left tackle. Whenever he's done, he's going straight in as a first ballot, Trent Williams. <laughs> yeah. You got a potential Hall of Fame tight end in George Kittle, who still has a lot of prime years left. McGlinchey is a former first rounder who's been holding down the right side of the line extremely well. Yeah. You got uh, uh, Uchek, who's one of the best, probably the, our best generation of fullbacks in the game, right? Then you got a dynamic play caller who once got help achieve a MVP for Matt Ryan, yeah. who's been knowing to, to do damage. Then you look at the defense. So you talk about what. Purdy is doing no question individually speaking he's done a real good job no question but everything was laid out for him in regards to getting the dishes out and serving them the right way all you needed yeah. Brock Purdy to do was don't overheat the food <laughs> it was like a chef made the food seasoned up everything all you got to do Brock is just put it in the microwave just don't overheat it it's yeah, already you, laid out for you. That can happen. I've done that before. I made the mistake. You go three minutes yes. instead of two minutes, and you're burning your mouth. It just doesn't taste the same. If Brock Purdy had the numbers that that Prescott had last week, he overheated the food. That would have right. worn the loss. And Brock yeah. Purdy's done a real good job playing smart football. So what he is doing in regards to being a rookie quarterback and the success he's having and the team's having, that's a different situation than what Kenny Pickett walked into. That's a different 100%. situation than some of these other young quarterbacks when they walk into a situation. He got a proven... All pro like wide receiver in Debo, yeah. offensive weapon. I talked about. I mean, think about the the outstanding guy. Brandon Ayuk is a former first rounder, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Purdy's making less money, but maybe it's a little bit of a benefit having teams pass on him, and you get into a better situation team wise. 
the, yeah, the longer yeah, you yeah. go. So, so Mr. Relevant's going to get in a different situation. situation. Yeah. And, and it's, it's very unexpected. You don't expect Mr. Relevant to do this or even get in or play really at all in a career. And he's now leading a team to a potential Super Bowl berth, similar to what Brady did many, many years ago as a late round pick. But yeah, that doesn't sting Kenny Pickett because again, he was that NFL ready guy. The Steelers had to do the draft over again. They're they're not going to go Purdy in the first round and not pick it. I mean, exactly. Team, exactly. Yeah, I mean that it, now, evaluation is. Don't still- get it twisted. Purdy had a real good year, a good co- collegiate career at Iowa State as he well. He did. So, yeah. 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 He kind he, of he, underrated he, at the time, but now looking back, it's like maybe we were kind of missing something. No question. <laughs> maybe him a little Hall, bit because him yeah. and Brees Hall was doing damage. Right. Yeah. And you get the Big Twelve label that everyone puts up yards and puts up points there. Maybe that maybe that stung him. I don't know. Again, Mike uh, Brian McFadden here, Mike Drop, uh, Mike Oste here on the Believe Network. Now I do want to ask you a couple more here as I'll, I'll let you go. But our Rooney actually said something today in which he got very vocal when he talked to us in media about the idea of playing the conference championship games at a neutral site all the time. And this is obviously a conversation because of what happened to Mar Hamlin and they wanted it to be fair and they didn't want anyone to gain home field because of that event, which obviously was a tragic event in in, in of itself. And that was the main thing to discuss then. But it didn't end up having to be a factor because the, the Bills ended up losing. But that's an isolated incident. There's now a conversation of the NFL kind of, from what we're hearing, they kind of just want to do this all the time because they know that you can get people to go to those games. They're going to make money. Joe Burrow said on the field after being the Bills, hey, people got to get their refund because the NFL was selling tickets to a neutral site game before the, the game to see who would play in it was over, w- w- was done with, and the Bengals ended up kind of upsetting that apple cart. What are your thoughts on the possibility of having not just the Super Bowl, but the conference championship games be at a neutral site. Does that take away the the whole reward of playing for the better record and earning it for the fans, for you guys, et cetera? Or do you see kind of the business end of it? Uh, let's just say Rooney does not like it at all. He's Nobody vehemently against like it. That, he's that, vehemently that against doesn't make the, any the sense. Yeah. I mean, you should get rewarded for having a successful season. That's the goal. And because of how it's structured now, week 16 means something. Week 17 means something. The final, the final week means something. We saw that just past year. Because everyone was trying to solidify that number one spot because you get the luxury of having everything come through your home stadium. Yeah. That's that's the enjoyment that we had the luxury of watching this year. Kansas City and Buffalo, even though Buffalo and Cincinnati game got postponed, got canceled, everything else really mattered. So we saw starters playing in the final week of the season because everything matters. So I, I don't like I don't know. No, not at all. I think the NFL is getting granted it's all about money, but no, it doesn't yeah. keep it as is. Yeah, that, that comes off a little greedy. Because as you know, that's gonna that would make money, but it wouldn't make money for the franchise that earned to host it, and it wouldn't help the fans who earned to be there, it wouldn't help the city that earned to be there, and it wouldn't be a benefit to the teams at all. I mean, at that yeah. point, once you get in, there would be no benefit of getting a top two seed because you're not at home regardless. So, yep. yeah, it, it was brought up because of what happened this year, which it made some sense because you don't want to give somebody a bump because of what happened to Mar Hamlin. But, yeah, I hope it doesn't happen. It, it just seems ludicrous. But the as you know, the NFL, they, they see a, a dollar sign that's out there, and it's hard mm-hmm. not to salivate. That's how we got here with more playoff teams and how we got here with another week of the season, etc. Brian, mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate the time for sure. I uh, hope to be talking to you uh, again sometime soon. A lot more needs decided needs to happen here, obviously, until we get to 
the draft. Just lastly, and I'm going to be actually covering, I'm going to be in Vegas covering the Pro Bowl that's coming up. What was just in general in the NFL? Because I can go to, I'm a WVU alum, I can go to Geno Smith for me and just his emergence this year and his renaissance season. But what was the most surprising, maybe that that story this year from the 2022 season that stands out for you separate from the teams that are left and, and teams that are good? But is there something out there that, that stands out of, hey, this year's about this kind of a, you could write a movie about it if you <laughs> that mm. occurred. Besides that would happen to DeMar Hamlin, obviously, maybe on more of a positive front, although you could go in the positive, maybe galvanizing of the people from there. But uh, do you have what something surprising, positive? Uh, yeah, you put me on the spot. Uh. I know I did. I, I apologize. Uh, yeah, I had to. I mean, yeah, Gino is one. The job he was able to do. Uh Saquon Barkley? Nah, I'll mm-hmm. say uh just the emergence of the Detroit Lions with Dan Campbell. I probably Okay. Say. That that's fair. I, I think they I think with their resources, the resources they have via the draft and things coming up, they should the future should be bright for them. Yeah, that makes right. sense. Yeah. See, yeah, I apologize. They put you on the spot, but you pulled one out nonetheless. You got yeah, I, I go I go to Lions. It was yeah. almost there in the playoffs this year. I really felt like if they got into the playoffs, they probably could have caused some damage. Um, yeah. They got two first-rounders this year as well. Uh, you know, Jared Goff looked real good. Offensive coordinator said he's coming back. He's not going anywhere. You know, they have money to add a few pieces too. So, yeah, the Detroit Lions, finally, you know, they're relevant. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's Goff's a nice story, too, because obviously they the Rams kind of cast him off for a future Hall of Famer. They won a ring with Stafford. Stafford's been getting hurt, but that kind of worked out for both sides. The yep. Rams got what they wanted, even though it was in the short term. The Lions maybe are building something with Goff more than what we thought. Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence finally getting it done. That could be, maybe be another thing. A lot more on the negative side if you're writing a negative, mm-hmm. <laughs> a negative no movie that, that happened this year for sure. Brian, I definitely appreciate the time, man. I hope to talk to you soon. All right. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Again, Brian McFadden, 295 tackles in his career. Kind of an eye-popping number, honestly, when I looked that up. But 295 tackles in his career. He did win a couple championships with the Steelers. Detailed that final play and the discussion between Tomlin and the defense that, hey, you want to be great, just give me a hold here. Give me one stop here. No one will remember maybe how poor you played in this game. He talked about that with me in the last time he was on Mic Drop on this very show, actually. But he's doing it big with CBS Sports, the football analyst, also co-host of All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson. So go find that. Find his content. Got that, that silky smooth voice. It's like he was born to do this, even though he obviously had a stellar career beforehand again find mic drop with the believe network everywhere you get your podcast apple podcast stitcher spotify tune in etc also obviously on all the believe network properties you can find me on twitter at mike off the 11 it's down there in the lower third you can't see how i missed it the first time there on the audio of this but down there in the lower third at mike off the 11 m-i-k-e-a-s-t-i 11 and the steelers it was a rebuilding year, honestly. It was a rookie quarterback. It's going to be a polarizing conversation, and I have brought up in terms of what you do in the future. I didn't give this to Bryant, but I don't think you go receiver, honestly. I've said this before, 
they can churn receiver in any round. They've been doing it for 15 plus years. They need a lot of help in the trenches, as Brian put it, offense, defensive line, either way you slice it. They need more help there. They do have weapons. You do, you do got to get more weapons. Having a surplus of weapons like the Bengals have with Burrow, that's obviously a very, very good thing. But burning it when you don't have the trenches, not everybody's Burrow who can make up for it. I think Pickett needs that help. And he definitely improved for sure. He did improve. And that's a positive. So he is the guy they're going to build around. He is the franchise guy, whether you like it or not. They're going to go with him and see what they have with him for several years before they get near cutting bait there. And they got some pieces, not nearly enough. But to get nine and eight out of that roster and that year after how they started with a rookie QB, it is a feather in Tomlin's cap. I do think he should have been a candidate for coach of the year this year, even though, granted, many other guys were more deserving, admittedly. And I wouldn't have voted for him. I have a vote. I wouldn't have voted for him. But I can see a candidacy. I could see maybe close to it, if not, because we did mention five guys otherwise with Doug Peterson, Dan Campbell, Suriano, etc. So it'd be hard to even Andy Reid again, honestly. It'd be hard for him to win it. But a, a fantastic coaching job by Tomlin this year. And yeah, not in every game, not every moment. Yeah, you know, still, <laughs> you know reviews and challenges and clock management we can bring that up all day and he'd absolutely underachieve with antonio brown Le'Veon bell big ben during that era not having won a playoff game in so long and only winning a few with that group that had the best at each position for several years i know you're in the middle of the patriots dynasty but yeah for sure that's disappointing and that's a ding on his career alan saunders actually a colleague of mine he really really knocked us out of the park tom's career is basically threefold he had a lot of success with a lot of talent, but you got to give him credit because he had a lot of success there and it built the resume and makes it now where it's going to get him in the Hall of Fame someday based on the resumes of coaches that are already in and who are going to get in right now. The middle period, you could absolutely say disappointing, but this recent period, despite not winning big with what he had to work with in terms of these rosters, an aging quarterback, a bad O-line a shaky defense, now a rookie QB, to get in the playoffs and get close to the playoffs again this year, that is a positive. So you got to kind of evaluate in those chunks. Again, thanks to Brian McFadden, again, of CBS Sports and Coast, of all things covered, for joining me. That'll do it for this edition of the show, as Brian McFadden dropped the mic for us, more so than me, but he dropped the mic on this edition of Mic Drop here on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.